You're listening to a podcast by the Center for Action and Contemplation. To learn more, visit cac.org. Our desire is to honor and share the best parts of the Christian contemplative traditions so that this collective wisdom might serve the flourishing of humanity, all beings, and all of creation. My name is Ben Kesey, and I lead the development team at the Center for Action and Contemplation. I want to thank all of you who are generous donors, giving freely and cheerfully to make this work possible. If you've been impacted by these podcast conversations and are inspired to invest in the future of CAC's mission and work, twice per year, we invite your financial support. To contribute, go to cac.org donate to make a gift. Thank you so much. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel as written to us by Luke. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to share our inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Friend, who appointed me as your judge or arbitrator? And then he said to the whole crowd, Take care to guard against all greed. For though one may be rich, one's life does not consist in what you possess. And then he told them a parable. There was a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest. He asked himself, What shall I do? I do not have space to store my harvest. This is what I shall do. I will tear down my old barns and build bigger ones. There I shall store all my grain and other goods. And I shall say to myself, Now as for you, you have so many good things stored up for many years, so eat, drink, and be merry. And God said to him, Fool, this night your very life will be demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, to whom do they now belong? Thus will it be for all who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich in what matters to God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Well, the message today in all three readings coming at it from different angles is as old as the hills. It's as old as all religion. And yet, in great part, we don't believe it. And it's very simply not negative, not morbid. It's not that watch out for bad things. It's just remember everything, everything passes away. No exceptions, no exceptions, no exceptions. Your house, your dog, your marriage, your children, you. That's not a, the good thing about the gospel is it's utter realism. And to live in that light, I don't know, yes. So many times we pictured saints with a skull. I don't really like that statue of Francis, but 
the point of the skull at his feet is simply that. Memento mori, we used to say in Latin, remember that you are going to die. Once you recognize that this thing called life is temporary and it is going to pass away, you stop putting your hope, your joy, your satisfaction, your trust in all these passing things. You stop defending them, which only makes you insecure, fearful, even hateful. So the first reading is perhaps from a book that you haven't read that often. It's called the book of Ecclesiastes. And it starts with what sounds like such a negative line, vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Vanity simply means that it's passing away. It's what the Buddhists call empty. And if you put all your trust in it, you're going to be dissatisfied. Your good looks, which we're all losing year by year, <laughs> your svelte body, which we're all losing year by year. Stop it. It's a waste of time. It doesn't mean you shouldn't take care of your body, but gee, um, I just watch the character of American television. It's Really, it's aimed for teenagers. Endless, louder, richer, fancier, sexier, and we allow ourselves to be fascinated by it. Koheleth, who's the author, strange name, um, would simply say, vanity of vanities and all is vanity. All his days, sorrow and grief is our occupation. Even at night, our minds are not at rest. That's what we discovered in the discovery of contemplation, that the mind is a machine that never stops. And if you don't find a way to rest and stop it, I don't mean just physical rest, but interior rest, uh, you're pretty obsessive. And what you're usually obsessive about is what you don't like and what you're afraid of. That's the hate that dominates America today. And let's be honest, we live in a very fearful and hateful country. And every day it's simply looking for a new object to hate, to fear, to attack. Now you're supposed to be an exception to that, and I suspect most of you are. But a lot of us buy this agenda of whatever. This group is right and that group is wrong. This group is superior and that group is inferior. Let's look at the second reading, Colossians. If you are raised with Christ, seek what is above. And not, not that heaven's up there, but seek that which is eternal and absolute. If you don't have your compass grounded in something that's absolute and real, you'll be caught up in this culture of color and sound and entertainment. And you know why you need more of it tonight and tomorrow? Because it doesn't work. <laughs> you see, something that works doesn't demand that you do it again and again and again. 
And this is our country, just endless, endless empty entertainment. Racing cars, and if you watch races, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. Well, maybe I am, if, if you spend too much time. Once I said that in Charlotte, North Carolina years ago, and I noticed the whole group was not very impressed by my words. And someone sneaked up, they said, NASCAR is based here, Father, watch out. <laughs> oh. He says, the new self is being renewed in the image of its creator. So that's what religion is supposed to be about to renew you in your divine image. It's so simple, and you've heard me talk about it so many times, you're probably saying right now, there he goes again. But there's nothing else to talk about except to know who you are in your essence, in your substance. And when you don't know who you are, you live your life talking about clothes and money. I mean, I, you, we all know this. It's just, it never stops. We're a very, very, very superficial country. And, and if we don't find a way out of this to, to realize that we are grounded in God, we will continue to be seduced, attracted, manipulated, addicted to stupid things. I don't know what else to say. And when you're addicted to stupid things, you get angry about things that don't mean anything anyway. White privilege, white nationalism, uh, gender difference. So what Paul is talking about in this reading is what Thomas Merton and I and many others call the true self versus the false self. And he says, you have taken off the, he calls it here, the old self. We have to ask ourselves, have we taken it off? If our obsession is still richer, fancier, sexier, louder, better, I've got the best, I'm right, my country is the only true country. And every other country has a flag too. You do know that, don't you? I don't think a lot of Americans do. We could sell American flags every day of the year and we couldn't sell enough of them. We're the best, we're the best. Well, ask someone from another country. Does any else, anybody else believe that? Well, it's the truth. And for some reason, God gave us the truth and not anybody else. Stupid, 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 stupid. Vanity of vanities, and all is vanity. And unless you, you state this clearinghouse of what's real and what's unreal, we have the world we have today. And it just makes me wonder, what have preachers been preaching about? That we have so much stupidity and hatred and fear in America, and all indications are just as much among Christians as anybody else. We are not adequately or, or significantly different. You have put on a new self, being renewed in the image of its creator. Here, there is neither Greek nor Jew, 
Nationality makes no difference. In Galatians, he adds male nor female. Look at all the gender fights we have today. All issues of gender apply to the false self. If we knew about the true self, we wouldn't judge, well, she's transgender, he's gay, who cares? Their true self, hidden with Christ in God, is the self that matters. Everything else is accidental. Everything else is passing. Jesus says this. He says, in heaven there will be no marriage or giving in marriage. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) We make everything the nuclear family. Jesus is talking about the universal family. And we would call ourselves Catholics, which means universal. But we're mostly ethnic. America, America, God has shed his grace on thee. And if America is to be truly America, it is to be white. (laughs) Of course, when the white people came here, it was all red. (laughs) So we killed them so we could take over. Then you Hispanics came to this part of the country and muddied the pie even more. So we tried to keep you at least down here. It's all just stupid, stupid, stupid. Forgive me. I'm not being negative. I'm being honest by the words of the gospel. There is neither the circumcised nor the uncircumcised. For him, that's a way of saying the baptized or the unbaptized. I know many unbaptized people, I don't mean to offend you, who are surely baptized, (laughs) who are much better than you are, so stop it. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) Oh, I'm registered at Holy Family Parish. I'm baptized. Big deal. (laughs) Christ is all in all. 